0: Alright, today on No Putts Given Episode 8, we've got the 3M Championship, we've got Sam It's a Hole in One, and a major eye-opener in the golf ball business if you haven't seen it yet. Let's get it. All right, so before we get started, I want to ask everybody out there that listens uh, to our podcast to please go out and rate and review the podcast. We've been getting a lot of feedback uh, from a lot of people, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Test us as well.
0: That's yeah, pretty crazy. People come in and seem to listen to the podcast maybe more than they read our website at this point. But anyway, we'd love to get your feedback. We are actually listening and adding some of the things that you suggest. This week, we're going to try something a little bit different based on some feedback we got. And we're going to try to just cover a few less topics, keep it to probably 40-ish minutes if we can. Um, Some of the podcast guys are saying they love it, uh, but an hour and a half might be a little bit too long. So we're going to try this out this week and see how it goes. So leave a rating and review uh, if you get a second. All right, so the 3N Championship. Matt Wolf takes home the prize. Uh, One of the youngest guys, ninth youngest winner on tour and the youngest since Spieth. Only three players have won an NCAA individual and tour title in the same year, and he adds his name to a pretty uh, big list there. And that is Tiger Crenshaw, and Wolf. Wow. So pretty cool. And before we get to that crazy finish, um, who do you think is leading the FedEx Cup standings? Harry,
1: I don't really have a clue, but I know there's a couple that are in the top ten every single week. It's got to be Matt Kuchar, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was shocked.
0: I was shocked. We every week we come on no Puts given. Um not
2: talking about Matt Kucher. And somehow he's he's in there every week though. He's the leader. He's, up he's up. known more for, you know, being a cheapskate to his caddy than he <laughs> yeah, is about leading the FedEx Cup right now.
0: Yeah, he's getting a different rap this year for for sure. Yeah. Uh best scoring average on tour this year is your boy Patrick Cantlay.
2: Hey. Didn't want a major though. <laughs>
0: But yeah. back to the winner of this tournament and the finish, right? How cool was this? DeChambeau hits just a killer-ass shot into 18, right?
1: Yeah, it's a rope draw. Rope draw. It was
2: such a sexy draw. I was like, oh, my.
0: And then, literally, instead of the tiger fist pump of the walk-in, he double fist pumps the walk-in. Yeah. And... uh you think he's going to go in for the W, right? He was, at least he was at hard. least a playoff. He at was least yeah. playoff. he was well. He was fired he was up after pumped. he hit
2: that shot on into the green. Oh, for sure. I mean, he was fired up after he stuck it to like what eight feet.
0: I think he. Knew, I think in his mind, he thought he won the tournament, right? And then Wolf comes up and hits that putt on eighteen from I think it was twenty six feet. Uh, by the way, flag stick in Tony, and um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then. What was the reaction that DeChambeau had when he saw that putt drop? Looked,
1: it, it Dude, it looked like his mom just gave him a slap in the face. <laughs> it was just like, what?
0: He it's couldn't like believe it. a big shock. Yeah.
1: Do we have that reaction there, Matt? Yeah, look, look, look. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Mom just slapped him in the face for no reason.
0: <laughs> uh, mom, meatloaf. In front of my friends? Oh, man, that's great. Oh, dear. Yeah, that's a good one. So, oh, um, did it
2: go in? It went in, right? <laughs> I think
0: that's what he's saying right there. Yeah. Oh, or no fucking way. Yeah. So, back to Wolf and hit this crazy swing. It's got to be one of the craziest swings that has ever won on tour. And when I say crazy, just unconventional, right? So, Sam actually, Gigi's Swing Tips is his swing coach, correct?
2: Yeah. And, and he you has been.
0: And you've had a lesson from Gigi, correct? Yeah, a long
2: time ago. Actually, I think right when I first started working at my golf spy, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, what is your online lesson rate? And he's like, I think it was 150 bucks." Okay. So I sent him my swing front on and down the line. And within a day, he responded with a full analysis, like video analysis with a like a annotation and then also drills to do. And a lot of it is it, it, he wasn't telling me to get across the line or anything like Matt Wolf does. He kind of took my swing Put a little bit of a a twist on it to make it more fundamentally sound, but also used his own principles. What he does he like. call that? Match. Matchups. Matchups.
0: So basically, he says his philosophy. Matt Wolf swing coach. Uh, if you haven't seen Matt Wolf swing, definitely go check it out. It's unique. It's unique. So Gigi swing tips did not produce that swing. That's his that's Matt's right. Matt Wolf swing. He just matched up exactly that to the proper fundamentals that are needed to perform a golf swing right Right.
2: so you look at him he's got a huge rotation back and that's a really good thing because he does get across the line and if you're going to have an across the line swing you have to have a lot of rotation back and a lot of rotation down and by rotation i mean the hips the chest everything's got to get way back and then you've got to get way open to square that club up and that's you know Gigi's really cool with that because he talks about shallowing the club with your body and a lot of swing coaches on a lot of stuff you'll see these days, and you'll watch Golf Channel. Oh, he shallows the club out so well. And what that does that allows the club to come in at a shallow and more consistent path.
0: Your path stays square longer, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. So uh, he's got.
1: Yeah. I, I just don't think whatever you want to do to get it up and down, the only thing that matters is this part right here. from, yeah, but there are. From things- down there to there. And obviously, you want to deliver it the same way pretty much every time. To be most consistent, he's 3.5 or 3.4 degrees in, uh, out, uh, into out. Sorry, 3.5 degrees pretty much every single time. He takes it out 15 degrees, mm-hmm. so he's taking it out, but he's delivering it in a way that is consistent every single time. Yeah, and, and that's that's exactly what you want. He uses the ground so well, he's yeah. ripping the turf the, up. The
2: video said that he had the most like the highest vertical pressure up than they would ever seen on yeah. measured by force plate. Mm-hmm. The kid is, I mean, he's ripping the cover off he's, the ball. But if you look at all of other Gigi's guys, um, Sun Kang, Podrick Harrington now, those guys are really using the ground and using their body to move mm-hmm. the club through the hitting area, and it makes you really consistent.
0: There's, I hate to use the word revolutionary or, you know, revolution in regards to things changing because it's still the golf swing. But there is something changing pretty dramatically when it comes to the golf swing over the last couple of years. And I think Gigi has a big part in that. Would you agree?
2: I think that Gigi's um, unique in the way that he doesn't try to fit every one of his players inside a box. Correct. You don't have the, you need to have this much ulnar this, this much, you know, uh, internal rotation of your right arm and all this stuff on the way back. And he doesn't try to fit everyone to make, you know, it's, you can kind of tell that Gigi's ha- had his hands on that person, but it's not like, oh, that's a Gigi Swing Tips guy. Yeah, he's taken
1: their unique swing and molding it into G- a way that is going to be good. Bigger
0: question. Do you think Gigi could match up Tony? <laughs>
1: it cannot be done. You don't
0: um, think so? Yeah. Uh, that is, I'm calling Gigi out for a challenge right <laughs> now. Gigi, <laughs> no. if you can match up Tony's swing to pre- something that performs better than him that is a hell of a challenge just so right he there. can
1: consistently hit into a spot we have to post can we
0: post that picture one day of that close-up we got at tony oh no, oh <laughs> no. We,
1: we need to do uh, that
3: we've, we've changed the swing since then that's that's old news okay uh, all right okay 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 well yeah. i think i'm just, not saying it's better i'm just saying it's different but that could be because <laughs> that was like shot on a thursday hey, and today's monday so But is the, you know.
1: <laughs> is the face the same when you impact we need to find that out because that facial expression, expression he makes when he hits the ball.
0: Well, Matt Wolf said something cool. He says, it all works as one. Uh, I think a lot of people get really mechanical and feel like they have to be in certain places in their swings. For me, it's more of a natural movement. I don't really think of things when I swing. I just swing. And I love that. Like I literally love that statement because so many golfers get over the ball and have so many swing thoughts in their head, and they don't realize that. We can't actually multitask. You know, it's right. been proven that you can only do kind of thought one thing at a time. And it just degrades people's swings and they overanalyze their swing to the nth degree. You know, it's paralysis by overanalysis. And it's great to see a guy winning on tour, especially a, a young guy,
2: 20 years old, that I think might change some things. Like I think Gigi and him might change some things. The cool thing about this whole Gigi movement is like it's, ins- I think it's inspiring a lot of golfers to give. Less shits about what their swing looks like. No putts given. Exactly. They they don't they don't care as much what it looks like, and as long as it produces results. I mean, Matt Wolf is literally the shining example of that. Yeah. The,
3: the best part of this, I think, you know, like maybe this should be a, a promo idea for TaylorMade. Right, Matt Wolf signed with TaylorMade, comes out, wins in his third start, but like you know. But if Matt Wolf was just at the driving range down the street from you, right, and people weren't watching the ball flight, there'd, there'd be guys coming up to him once an hour, giving him swing tips, telling him yeah. what he yes. needs to do differently, you know? But if, if you... No, know, you... like, you know, it's... Guy's just one on tour, man.
1: But if you're... It, it doesn't matter if, what it looks if, like. If you're walking down the range... What the ball does, period. All right, if you're walking down the range and you're not looking at anyone, you can hear how pure and how much he, he hits the shit out of it. Like it's completely different to anyone else you're gonna hear. Like I was hearing it, and it sounds completely different to any other pro on tour.
2: Yeah, he does. I saw he created like a 175 miles an hour ball speed with a three wood.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. more than my driver.
2: Well, congrats to Matt Wolf. You know,
0: um, I think there'll be more to come. And love the ballsiness of how he plays and how he swings his own swing and does just his gonna own thing. send it. Yeah, send it. Send That's it, What he baby. actually said in yeah. one of his interviews. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, what's in the bag for uh, Matt send Wolf? It's
3: a, that's a Scott Fawcett thing. Decade system. Oh, yeah? Send it. Oh, yeah. Strategy. Right. Strategy. Well, what's in, the,
0: what's in the bag for Wolf? Obviously, he's newly sponsored by TaylorMade and bag full of TaylorMade stuff. Uh, a couple interesting things based on what we see from our testing is that his driver, the M5, was the best overall and best distance for 2019 driver for high swing speeds, which he is. And then his wedge uh, wedges the TaylorMade Mill Grind was the runner up in our wedge test, uh, our last wedge test. Um, Pro V1 ball, Golf Pride grip, they seem to be the products of choice. Would you agree, Tony? You
3: pick, oh, I mean, every week, right? Number one ball is, is probably the Pro V1 X by little, but it's some flavor of Pro V1 and then Golf Pride grips every week without exception those are probably the the two most dependable stats as far as equipment
1: use goes golf pride will be number one they don't sponsor anyone do they they're no not tight the the golf pride uh, golf pride i don't think they do do they tony what's that
0: Golf pride no no everyone plays them because they like them what's the latest stat we had for them of uh tour usage it's 85 80 to
3: 85 percent um and it's funny I, I talked to those guys might have been pga show before last just to kind of get an idea of, of what tour players were using or what better players were putting on their clubs kind of a really interesting thing like the with i guess what you would call the older generation right uh, guys that have been on tour for a while uh mostly playing tour velvet it's what they grew up playing Uh, when you start to look at the younger guys and i don't know if this is true for matt wolf i don't know what he 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 plays the uh, z grip yeah so there's there's definitely a trend towards things like the the decade the multi-compound the z grip sort of more modern grips whereas the the older generation you know plays what they've always played so you know something to be said for not a case of better or worse or or what just sort of hey what what feels good in your hands
0: right yeah and uh <clears throat> talking about golf balls, Titleist Pro V1 was his ball of choice. Sam just switched uh this past week or so
2: to the yeah. Bridgestone what? Tor BX. What'd you do right away? A little hole-in-one, <laughs> first hole-in-one ever. Last you, Tuesday. You never was, so,
1: you were so happy. Weren't
2: we didn't we shoot the podcast on Monday and I said we were asking your favorite product 2019 and I said Tor BX mm-hmm. and really the next day I went out and made <laughs> made a hole-in-one. You were there.
1: Dude, it was impressive. What yeah, do you always say, say? Sam? Gorgeous you put that shot. positive energy out into yes, the world. Yes,
2: it comes right back to you. Yes. The I law of attraction.
1: for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Sam, you know, for you guys and women that are listening to this, the Sam, what do you have in your office to get that energy? Uh, salt, salt rock land? Yes, I mean, he has that thing glowing, baby. In his Every things. day. Do you air know what I cleans, cleans the what air.
1: What do you have? Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> Is that what you do for that? That's <laughs> my, my happy place. Tony, what
0: do you have? A stress, a punching bag? No, I've got a dog. You got a dog? Thing, you know, he just comes over, I scratch his head, it's on paper. <laughs> well, congratulations, Sam, on the hole in one. Thank you. you. Give us a little what was the hole, the yardage and everything. In the club? uh
2: 15th hole at James River Country Club, yardage 147. Little choke niner, just laser right at the pin. I remember Harry, I can remember it's, Harry goes, it's oh. only,
0: You
3: notice that? Like, that's that's Gulf WRX old school 101, right? If, if the yardage doesn't align with the with the it's with the, with <laughs> like I was just a little knockdown or a little chip nine. But, but like, I, I hit Definitely, this... if I'd hit it full, it would have been too much.
2: Well, my, my nine iron probably only goes 155 stock. And right. I don't like to try to muscle iron. So I just hit a little knockdown nine iron. And I remember Harry goes, Oh, that was good tempo. And it was like right at the pin. And it just Didn't dropped the pin. and then it just kind of like spun right in the hole and we all went i threw the club in the air we went bonkers i almost jumped in the damn hazard next to the hole crazy it was, it was impressive it was, it was. cool <clears throat> it was definitely a relieving feeling because you know the other day i was just thinking about it i was like man i i could go my whole life without having a hole in one do you uh, have an albatross no i don't have all right albatross but let's, yet. Let, you but, got me no, on that I'm one bad, i don't have a hole in one but during
1: that round though that wasn't the only good shot you hit he had two eagles that day he shot 65. Sam. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just I was just sat there in the cart like. What'd you shoot? I shot seventy. Couldn't make a putt. Thirty six putts. I had thirty six putts that day. Yeah. of those bad days, he had a
2: good day. I had eight pars and a birdie on the front nine, and the birdie came from a chip in. Yeah. And then I hit it to about six feet on ten for eagle, made that, and then jarted on fifteen, and then almost chipped in for birdie on sixteen. Yeah. And then birdie.
3: Yeah,
1: 17. it was a good round. The good and eagle. Then you go straight yeah. from it. Your... What's
2: that?
3: You guys, you guys. I mean, I have to text him, but you know, if Chris's uh, airfare for my member guest is refundable, I might have to bring Sam in instead. <laughs> hey,
2: hey, I'm trending towards a zero, so I won't have to give many shots up.
3: I, you know, I just made. I'm just looking for an opportunity to ride around in a cart for three days <laughs> and, and not, not do anything. be like frustrated.
2: Well, hey, advice. Chris just Chris didn't play too bad at that Corn Ferry Tour tournament, right? <laughs> The, he played in that uh
0: yeah for everybody out there that doesn't know who they're talking about chris nickel is uh one of my gospel's writers he works for us now full-time and uh he was just out at the tournament the the place they just played the Corn ferry the tour yeah, yeah. and in shot Colorado. yeah he had a good 78 78 or nine yeah
2: yeah he texted in the group chat said what do you guys think i was like i'd be surprised if you break 80 i mean especially from the way he was snapped or uh, instagram story like 500-yard par fours? like I don't know about no, that. There
3: 700-yard par you, you guys lost me a Corn Fairy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Sam went straight from the hole-in-one to playing at Pinehurst this weekend. Sounds like he had a good time as well, so appreciate Pinehurst having us out yeah, thank there. thank
2: you very much. That was a great time. All right, next
0: up on No Puts Given, it's called Shot of the Truth. And this week, as a part of Shot of the Truth, we have what's called Find It, Cut It. And we announced that new series we're doing last week within shot of the truth and tony you have created a monster
3: apparently yeah a lot of getting a lot of pictures of cut open golf balls in the last week which is
0: look at it Harry. Is kind of awesome
1: actually
0: look <laughs> harry's a monster everyone
1: you've started on it? me I you can't what is that me. hold on i can't even see is that a shrick's on <laughs> this is an old school strata <clears throat> professional control
0: all right, well, you have golfers all over the world, Tony, at this point, uh, cutting their balls in half, which can be dangerous, oh. <laughs> as you found out, and- um, Use with caution. Yes. Now, get...
3: cu- cutting, cutting is relatively safe. It's the it's peeling where <laughs> things can be a little gnarly.
0: Well, and this week, uh, Tony has one hell of an eye-opener for golf consumers out there. So if you did not see on Instagram or Twitter, uh, last week, um, Tony posted a video of you know his Find It Cut It this week. And this week he basically cut open three balls. And um Tony, remind everybody what Find It Cut It is and what you found. Well it's you know
3: I, I guess it's uh I guess
0: big picture wise find it cut it is trying to
3: crowd crowdsource uh ball education to a degree and, and kind of show people what is on the inside of golf balls and encourage people to explore the inside of, of golf balls for themselves is the kind of the big picture view and the simple thing the, the simple idea behind it is, is find a golf ball on the course in the woods, wherever that's not yours and cut it open and, and see what it looks like on the inside. And, you know, maybe, maybe see if there are any issues or if we've got the, the rare perfect golf ball, right, that's, that's kind of what we're looking for.
0: Well, find it. Cut it is also this. So there's, there's cutting open golf balls, which you can find some you know things on your own with the naked eye. But we, uh, have learned a lot oh. about golf ball construction and design, and we're going to help you through the process. So, we're going to not only cut open golf balls, but we're going to explain to you what you're seeing, what it means, and how it can affect your performance. And as you can hear, Tony is cutting open one up, right on. another He's golf ball. I, I,
1: I literally think this is an addiction <laughs> right now.
0: I think so. So, what did you cut up in this week? And better yet, what did you find when you cut into the truth there, Tony?
3: Yeah, so we cut up open these are these are some older balls for the most part. So what's a Rife v motion, I believe was the model, the the monster uh, and a vice pro boom, there you go. So, you know, these uh it's interesting in that all three of these have the same dimple pattern. Uh, so that that's one kind of tell and these were among the, the list of more than a dozen uh, golf ball brands or so that was sued by Titleist uh, several years ago in some sort of, you know, one of those patent disputes you see very often in the golf ball world, so.
1: Yeah, there was 17 different balls from 10 different companies that was in this lawsuit.
0: Yeah, Matt, can you throw up the lawsuit um, documentation there that we have? So basically, let's back up just a little bit. When Tony first cut these balls and posted the video, uh, people, rightfully so, We're shocked, uh, disbelief, angry, in denial, in denial, little everything, little everything, (laughs) and though it's all to be expected, right? Yeah. And then you get a lot of responses. Uh, and Matt or Matt, if you can throw up just a couple of the responses we got on social media, and you know, I I asked different people in different industries. Said, all right, you know, my wife is a coach, and I said, if name three different. Models of the, the equipment you have, right? Imagine if those things were sold at $50, $100, and $500. And someone cut them open and found out they were identical. How would you feel? And she said, shitty, you know, that's awful, right? And there's uh, one of the responses from Alex Moreno on Twitter. And it just says, so shady. And then we have another one from uh, Mark Crossfield says, the golf ball market is like the Wild West. It's so funny to see what some companies are up to. Even funnier to see the reaction of the fanboy golfers who don't like the facts. So, some of the response we got to this was, well, yeah, but, you know, how do you know they're the exact same? And, uh, well, they performed good in your ball test, you know. And we'll get to the performance in a little bit. But, Tony, you know, how did this all happen? I mean, the opportunity to where Ooh, man, these I- – these smaller golf ball companies were able to compete with the big companies like the Titleist, the Strixons, the Bridgestones, the Callaways. How did this all happen? And how did we get to the point where when you're cutting open golf balls, you're finding three different names, three different price points, three different balls, supposedly. But when you cut them open, they're all the Maybe exact same. A
3: similar, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there's probably two things in play first, right? The USGA is, is always a factor in the equipment world. We know that there are limits on, on what golf ball manufacturers can do, uh, most specifically around distance. So you're not going to come out. Nobody's going to come out with a ball that's significantly longer. So, you know, the technology is evolving at a snail's pace, right? So technology that was viable a decade ago, I mean, it's, it hasn't advanced significantly past that point really what you see with golf balls is adjusting the spin slope right so can i get can i lower driver spin while still raising greenside spin and can i make the co- cover a little thinner to make that happen you know what if i increase the, the thickness of the casing layer does that give me more spin separation so it's it's just at this point little tweaks the materials aren't evolving significantly right uh, nike's resin went nowhere for example, I mean, it's still synthetic rubber. That's basically what you're saying
0: is in a nutshell, in a nutshell, it hasn't evolved quick enough, which allowed old patents and designs to still be able to compete with the newer balls out there. So these factories that make these balls for these companies in this lawsuit, um, so pull back up that lawsuit real quick.
3: Well, the other thing too, the factories have legitimate R and D guys, right? So they're, they're developing their own technology. It's just not rat. That's the thing. Like, Titleist technology is not radically different from Bridgestones, which isn't radically different from Srixons which isn't re- radically different from Foremost or Nassau or Phantom or, or any of the large f- factories in Asia. So it's there there's more similarities than differences for there, sure. There was a and perfect- on top of that, and on top of that, consider that you know the average golfer thinks he's not good enough to tell the difference anyway, right? To differentiate even a, a Pro V1X from a Pro V1 or, you know, a vice pro from a pro V1 X or, or pick any two balls, right? They're going to be more similar than different, especially for the average golfer who miss hits consistently enough where, you know, he doesn't always know what the ball is supposed yeah, to. Yeah. So do. that
0: created the perfect storm, right? So a few different things happen. The internet, which allowed for direct to consumer, it allowed for a price differentiation, it allowed for factories to make golf balls for literally anyone, the Kirkland golf ball test, which open people's eyes to these other brands the direct consumer golf ball test we did which then resulted i think in a lawsuit you know that you're looking at here mm-hmm. um where Titleist went out and sued these companies that you're seeing uh right now what are what are some of those companies on that list there um, um
1: so let me Rice, just name Monster, yeah let me name a few. Up,
0: lightning i mean
3: basically a, a lot of companies that don't exist anymore wilson was on that list at one point
1: uh, even Have I mean, you heard kick x dixon kick x kick x i remember that ball it the was all over the golf channel tall Z, okay, that was one of them i need the ball and the ball was the, was the name of it that was just the, uh, they're just a the few just the name
0: basically they're you know for those of you out there that were saying well are they the same this lawsuit pretty much tells you uh they were the same and these Uh,
3: look at the conforming ball list right that's that's kind of the the point i made on twitter over the weekend is the idea that that you can just start a ball company and actually develop or engineer a ball on your own is is kind of far-fetched right you you need chemical engineers, right? It it takes an actual knowledge of chemistry to make a golf ball. You need material experts who know how different materials interact together. And and obviously the chemists to put them together. You need an actual aerodynamicist because you can't just draw a dimple pattern on a napkin and go, yeah, this looks cool. I'm pretty sure that's going to work. You can do that. You can design a
0: putter, right? You can't just draw the aerodynamics of a ball in a napkin and send it to the foundry. Like literally people don't understand this. That is how so many products get designed from the non-big OEMs, meaning the clone companies, the knockoff companies, the the companies like some of these popular companies you're seeing in the golf ball industry, literally, they call a factory and say, I want to be in the golf ball business, right? You could literally know nothing about golf, nothing, and be in the golf ball business, okay? And look, fundamentally, fundamentally, there's there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're honest and
3: upfront about it. I mean, you can be creative, but like you have to stop short of saying, hey, we designed, we engineered this ball. And because as soon as you do that, right? As soon as you say, "Hey, th- this is my ball. I created this from scratch. I developed every piece of it." What you're doing is is putting your little startup golf ball brand on the same level with with Titleist and Bridgestone and Callaway and Shrixon, people, companies where there is literally decades of R&D in the ball business, guys that are have made all of the direct-to-consumer stuff possible with with the patents they developed. If you say you developed a ball from scratch, essentially you put yourself on a level you're not on. And at the same time, if there are other direct-to-consumer brands who are reasonably transparent about what they do things and say, Hey, yeah, no, we, we're making, we, we have a cool ball. We, you know, we didn't design it necessarily. But if you say you designed it and your competitors don't take that extra step of stretching the truth a little, You're also putting yourself above them on a level
0: which you are All right, so basically what Tony's talking about is private label, right? So there's nothing inherently wrong with private labeling things. Every industry does Every industry. Okay.
3: Give me some Kirkland vodka. I'm so good with that.
1: I mean, that's that's the same thing. So think about it this way to make it relate a little bit more to a consumer. Golf bags, there's five or six companies that have the same bag. They're, They're produced in the same factory. They're exactly the same bag, just have a different logo in it. Now it's the same thing what they're doing right there with the golf ball though. But here
0: yes, correct. That is similar analogy. But my problem, you know, we aren't saying that don't go play these golf balls. I don't care. What Some of them are really good. Well that's they the thing, sure it's like the vice balls.
2: Expect. Yeah, the vice balls didn't perform terribly in our ball test this year. Good
0: point. So a lot of people brought that up. Well, you tested these balls and they performed well. This isn't this has zero to do with performance. A hundred percent to do with transparency. And if you're going to tell me you engineer your ball in some country or some place or you design it, define engineering. Define design. Who are your engineers? What are their names? What are they specialized in? Okay, I show want to hear these things. Show me the patents. Show me the patents. Okay. <laughs> <Tony>. Your face. <laughs> Good point. Because this bullshit's got to stop. You know where? Obviously, some of these companies have a PR response to what Tony posted, because they want to cover their ass. But at the end of the day, show me the goods because using the word engineer
3: when you have two balls with exactly the same dimple pattern that predate sort of the founding of a company that says they designed the ball like Hmm. that that, it's it's suspect how about that that's a good word to
0: put this in perspective here's a few points there are people in the golf ball world that have so many patents because this is the level of knowledge you have to have literally they have hired rocket scientists like when you hear it doesn't take a rocket scientist it actually does with golf balls okay
1: well and, yeah because you have the aerodynamics that you need to have the lift and drag to keep the ball up air. it's it's mind-boggling
2: yeah you can't draw that on a napkin exactly so anyway <laughs> you can. it's just not going to be very it's not going to fly
0: very far no so there is one of the guys that does patents for titles, correct tony that is literally They're on the list of, of D on the list of people with the most patents in the world and edison i think tops the list he's ranked like no no
3: edison isn't on the top of the list but um there's a dude in japan who's on top of the list with like i want to say it's like four forty seven hundred patents but basically if you get to thomas edison on the list and he's not too far down the list and then go six down it's it's the head of r&d at Titleist golf ball division
0: there you go six down
3: from thomas edison so you know it's almost 900 some odd patents that that he has his name on and you know he's he's not the only one in the golf ball industry with a shit ton of patents but the point is Within the ball industry itself, you can there's a really simple breakdown between businesses or at least individuals who have names on golf ball patents and those who don't. And yeah. so, what my fundamentally like if you want to save money and get a good ball on the cheap, hey, I'm okay with that. But but at least understand that there are people who actually do develop golf balls and and people who buy golf balls and put logos on them. And yeah. you know, hey, it's information. If if you don't care, that's fine. Do like, with, like you don't with it what care. you want yeah for for golfers who may not know it just understand that this is this is what happens
1: yeah and i, d- I don't know if people people don't know where all these balls are being made that they're, they're saying that they do but they they don't know that the full truth behind Dude, it. did you know
0: how long it took for us to get to the bottom of the kirkland golf ball store oh, and we were it on it days. meaning like days tony how long did it take to us to get the actual story of where that the every piece of that ball was made Oh, a couple of years.
1: <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a lot of days. And, those I mean, are, and these are the two people like, that
0: yeah, were literally asking network. everyone in the industry and calling the foundry. So that gets well, me to my and next I mean, and,
3: and that's a unique case because we, we sort of got two different stories. And then when you put all the pieces together, it's sort of like, oh, so it turns out both stories were equally true. <laughs> so it's just it's, that was a weird one. But, yeah, it, it certainly took us a lot more time to track down where that ball came from or what that ball was, than it would be for us to enter the ball business, <laughs> Yeah,
0: which is a great point. For those of you out there you know, that were asking for more proof of this and how do we know that this is true, you know, well, obviously, we've cut them open. Uh, we are knowledgeable about golf ball design. Um, we also have contacted the companies that make these balls when we were looking for our own golf ball for our own testing purposes for a constant variable. And what they told us was not only could they make us the Kirkland ball exactly the same that we tested, Foremost was saying that we could get pretty much the exact same balls that were being cut open by Tony. So we also know because a lot of the people after the Kirkland test in the golf golf industry were contacting me personally and telling me that they wanted to get into the golf ball industry and asking for me to help them. And I first asked, first asked the same question, them all, And what do you know about golf balls? Uh, nothing, not a single so, one of them had any knowledge of golf balls, no patents on golf balls, no knowledge of how they're designed, but they saw an opportunity, right? I was gonna say, do you need to? Nowadays you do not, you, you literally.
3: You need a telephone or an email account. <laughs> I have one.
0: <laughs> yes. And if you, you know, you could Off even you go, <laughs> even a, even a Hotmail account. Could still get you <laughs> AOL. a golf ball design. I still have one. No, of no, no, that's the limit. But anyway, so we found out that we could get similar balls made um, to the ones that we tested that were cut open. We got the price on them. The price for the Kirkland ball was pretty interesting. Good. It was fifteen dollars, which is exactly what they sold them for a dozen. They were not making money on Wait, those 15 balls. Fifteen a dozen? Yeah, that would have been what we had to pay for. What? So anyway, call um, put my name on it. And lastly, if you need any even more proof, we have put up the website to the company that makes these balls. And one of, they, one of them is called Foremost, and they make 10 million golf balls monthly. And they make them for a lot of the companies that you're seeing out there and they playing also with. They
3: make, uh, they make uh, some balls for OEMs as well. Some of the big name balls are, are produced by Foremost. Uh, bits and pieces of the tailor made TP five, I believe this uh, this latest version come from foremost as well. the course. Do we
1: so? Just a quick question how How do they make individual balls? Because obviously they, they have to finish a cycle of a certain brand of ball. Do the suppliers say, for instance, Titleist, whoever or whatever brand you want to say, do they supply the materials and then they just melt them down and do that, or is it all done at one place?
3: Yeah, the factory. The factory will run it from end to end, and they have. Most factories have multiple lines, so they can make multiple balls at the same time. And then, you know, when the time comes, right, clean the machines and and make a different ball. Okay. Though it is interesting. I mean, it's you know could just be coincidence, but but we find out is some of the uh, some of the direct consumer brands we've noticed when when inventory runs low, uh, everybody seems to be out of balls. It's not just like one company runs out. It's, yeah. it's everybody runs out. And then there's sort of this big couple of reasons stock.
0: for that, you know, that we've been told and that is each line can only produce but so many golf balls a month. And these ball companies were getting more popular, you know, some of these direct consumers and they were making more per month and their kind of allotment per month was capped out because the big guys, meaning the big OEMs that were getting their balls made at some of these places did a couple things from what we heard. One, they put in big orders. Right, they bought out all the line time, right? To put these guys at the back of the line, and coincidentally, these golf ball companies also were getting more popular. So it was kind of a double whammy, and that's why you saw a lot of sold out and you mm. know limited edition stuff. And that's when you saw that Kirkland stuff too, where mm-hmm. they would bring in you know a pallet of balls and say, "Oh, the balls are back."
1: That's why it took two years for them to get the ball back or whatever it was. Well, that's
0: why we sold them out three times yeah. because they didn't have a you know a literal shit ton of golf balls they would just get chunks of them at a time and that ball doesn't Makes exist sense. anymore so anyway <clears throat> if you don't believe us that you can be in the golf ball business tomorrow uh the email address is right on the website right there for foremost website call them email them and find out for yourself
2: uh, and we'll test your balls or at least cut them open
0: yep <laughs> tony will find them and cut them <laughs> and uh that being said back to the purpose of this in my opinion the Find It cut it series tony came up with and I love the concept because it is nothing about performance and all about transparency. And if you have a problem with transparency, don't follow us, you know, like if you're literally upset and in disbelief from this to the point where you're defending these brands, uh, it's pretty ridiculous, you know, because don't the door hit your ass on the way out. Yeah, we just, you know, all we're trying to do is literally be transparent and tell you, the golfers, what you're spending your money on. And uh, I think that's a great thing. And I think what Tony's doing is remarkable for the industry. And I can guarantee you this two, three years from now, if we keep doing this, these golf ball companies won't be doing all the stuff that we're talking about right now. So we're trying to make this a better place, a more transparent place, a more honest place for all those involved. And um, Tony, what do you think? uh, What are you cutting open next?
3: Uh, Whatever I find. I just, this is
0: a, it's funny, so
3: I was just looking around this morning and I had never cut open a Bridgestone Tour B XS, the Tiger Ball. So I just cut one open. That's what I cut open. And you see some interesting things in here, right? I don't know. I haven't looked closely at it to see if everything's centered, but you see... Uh, what Bridgestone or Titleist would call a graduated core, which means it's even though it's it's a three-piece ball, the core itself is softer in the middle and gets gradually firmer as it works to the edges. So, cool little design feature as a as a way to sort of add the functionality of layers without actually adding more layers. So, a couple of companies do that as well. So, it's one of those things where you know just because a ball only has three pieces uh, doesn't mean that it only has three densities. Okay.
1: The I mean, you you, know. you you got me uh, into it, and this morning I went and found well, not in this weekend I found some balls, and my roommate has like a whole box of old balls that he's found over the years, and I've got I brought some of them in and I cut them open and some wait, of them. Wait until you just, see the video we're gonna post yeah. later later day. What is the ball? It is the Slazenger
2: Ballata. Wait
0: until you see this.
2: It I is have... impressive. There's an interesting little tidbit of. Uh ingredients in there that might surprise you
1: yes and then we and then we did another one which is the the uh, titleist tour 90 back in the day that was an impressive one too i think this one has that one i think it's 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 better than pimple popper (laughs) it's so much better and the sounds that come off of this what Mm. is that thing
0: called that you were talking about last week that people are into
2: oh asmr (laughs) uh well,
0: I think they might want to watch this video. Yeah, turn the They sound might want up. to
1: watch
2: this, yeah. <laughs> turn the sound yeah. way up.
0: All right. So for everybody out there, um, Tony's series is called Find It, Cut It. We're going to obviously every week be doing more of this. And what we suggest is don't go out and buy golf balls and waste your money cutting them open. Do what Tony says. Find them on the golf course. Cut them open. Post find them it, on,
3: cut it. Don't buy it, cut it.
0: Yeah. And post what them on really social media for us to look at. Hashtag it, find it, cut it. We'll take a look at it, see what we can tell. Uh, We're also going to have a video series of this where we not only cut them open, but we are going to tell you exactly what we found and how that might affect performance uh, for all of you out there when you find these things in your own golf balls. And for ways to hopefully find golf balls that don't do that uh, when you spend your hard-earned money on it. So until next week, that is Find It, Cut It. And we'll be posting a video of the uh, slaging gear
1: and many more
0: and many more in the near future <laughs> and if you haven't checked out the video that we've that tony posted this week of the three balls that we're talking about you can check it out on instagram or twitter and we posted it there and that's that for the shot of the truth today all right next up on no Puts given is most wanted updates what do you got sam
2: tomorrow we'll be playing we will be publishing we we'll players- be playing we we'll be playing uh we're gonna be publishing the 2019 most wanted players irons test and the results may or at this point may not surprise you, uh, but I can't reveal it just yet. Just stay tuned tomorrow. And then soon after that, right now, we're knee deep into hybrids and three woods. So expect hybrids in the next couple of weeks and the three woods right after that.
0: I'm here and we need to get a broom, <laughs> do some sweeping. Why is that? For tomorrow's winter.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. A
0: little hint. Shh. All right, so uh, players' irons. Just really quickly,
2: run down the list of some of the irons in that test. Um, AP2, the Homa TW747V, um, the new JPX919 Tours. Um, gosh, the we've got the Adele single length set in there. Callaway Apex, Callaway Apex Pro, Callaway X Forge. Strixen. Yeah, so all of your you know
1: non-blade players'
2: irons. So we're not okay. testing MBs.
0: So for all you ballers out there.
1: Yeah, but you do you do have a couple of new level ones, are the ones that look like butter knives, yeah. close to butter knives, I would say.
0: New level. New level for you guys out there that haven't heard a new level. That's a new newish brand
1: uh, that we'll be testing as well. And what do we got for soft goods, Harry? Uh, GPS is coming out on Thursday. Um, I'm testing those today. And, and then
0: what do we got after that?
1: Speakers. Oh, I can't wait. Oh my this. God! No, you cannot <laughs> play music on a golf course.
0: <laughs> I cannot wait for this.
1: I cannot wait.
0: Either. <laughs> <The remote. laughs> the most controversial most wanted test we do all year you know i what? can't wait to see the comments you know what i
1: might start i might i've got us qualifying tomorrow i might bring them all out there and do the testing at the same time <laughs> see how wait 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 get.
2: tony is that against usga rules
1: <clears throat>
3: yeah that would be against the
1: usga rules hey be careful. Hey, be careful hey i can't even step foot in a in a golf cart without being disqualified.
2: Yeah, you better watch out. Yeah. All right, so
1: tomorrow
0: we got players distance sirens most wanted. Thursday we've got GPSs and then next week speakers. All right. So we got a little I mean, bit Chris of
3: Chris a... and I are playing in the the member guest at McGregor Links this week into the weekend.
0: Cool. So Chris gets out be... there and Chris is uh, out. Uh, eats a lot of ice cream, drops some bombs. Stay Does hot
3: Chris does not handle Fesky well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, maybe this uh, next feature can help. And we got a cool uh, feature alert. And that is something from ShotScope. And maybe uh, for you guys and girls out there that want to analyze your game, which I think we should all do. We were just actually discussing kind of Arcos, ShotScope, and things like that. Uh, Which one's better? And a lot of people ask me that question. I kind of say, if you're a phone guy, Arcos. Watch guy, ShotScope. But you know we are definitely hearing. Functional. What's that?
3: They're both functional, completely. Yeah, they do similar things. And I will say this though,
0: well. there seems to be more frustration lately around people Arcos users with sensors and just it not doing what it wants compared to ShotScope. But that being said, they both can tell you where you have weaknesses in your game, which a lot of us don't want to know or admit. But that's how you get better, right? And So the feature, a cool feature alert that I saw this week was from ShotScope. And it just kind of fits in with what we do. It's the tracking the performance of all your old putters. So basically, it will show you how well you perform from different distances and your make percentage with whatever putters that you've been using with ShotScope. So pretty cool, as you can see in this example. Such good
1: graphics. It's so easily recognizable, too. We
0: need to start doing that for Most Wanted.
1: It's so recognizable. I can definitively say which one would correlate to my best putter right there i think that's
0: so as you can see putters do make a difference so for everybody out there that says it's all the you know any not the arrow whatever um you can see that definitively putters do make a difference you've got a 90 percent make percentage from zero to 12 feet for the odyssey
2: versus you know 72 ish. so that's an 18 percent difference it's interesting how the putter that does the worst at zero to 12 feet for whoever this was, did the best at 30 plus feet. It's exactly why we
0: test different distances. In the mm-hmm. So interesting, right? Just a really cool feature that I'd never seen before. A cool graphic that is really user-friendly in my opinion that I can sure. understand. Right. Mm-hmm. And the key to data is there's so many things that are collecting data right now, but it's overwhelming to the consumer. It's too much. It's, it's just, it, it, it's not put into a way that you can take away from that. And really the key to data in, in my opinion is not capturing it. It's being able to educate and empower it, the yeah. consumer yep. at the other end, uh, which some, is something that we are struggling with and we're trying to get better with most one and ourselves. So while that might look simple, that's well done. Kudos to shot scope for this. And, um, if anybody out there uses it, yeah, golf clap. Tonight. Yeah, let, golf us,
1: let us know if, if you use it and golf, ball, how, how you think you've, uh, <laughs> You've improved, and it shows the data that you've that you have improved. Yeah, for sure. And next
0: is when we're talking soft goods testing and uh, just getting better at golf. Uh, we have been discussing some a new topic, and that is CBDs. And for those that aren't familiar with CBD and what it is, uh, you've probably seen Phil Mickelson, you know, using
1: something Uh-oh. like
0: this. In the tournament
1: there it is on the course masters gum, yeah. right
0: yeah no that's a dropper that's a tincture
1: yeah. down that hatch they got
2: everything man <clears throat> they got a
0: lotion. Some CBD lotion so for those of you out there uh that have you know obviously marijuana has gotten a bad rap this isn't marijuana it's a it's an ingredient from it there is no psychoactive ingredient in cbd really or less psychoactive you don't get high uh, there's been a, not enough testing yet, but for the last three weeks, I've been testing it myself just to see what uh, happens. And I've had positive results myself
2: and they were all over the PGA show. Yeah. A
0: lot of, companies is it,
1: there. is it FDA approved?
0: The, so it's not governed by the FDA yet. Okay. So, which is why you see a little bit of the wild, wild west going on with it I right now. That. Yeah. It's gaining popularity and I wanted to start testing it myself just to see what it was all about. And which is funny because I got the package in. And my mom happened to be walking by when I opened the package. She's like, oh, I got CBD too. And I was like, there you go. <laughs> late so, to the game. <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm late to this game. So anyway, I went to a dispensary and got what you can see on the table, which is a bunch of different forms of CBD and lozenges, gummies, um, lotion, uh, tinctures, which is droppers, I don't know what everyone thinks out there. Tony, what do you think about CBD testing? No opinion. That's is your opinion?
3: A, you're probably the one thing I have no opinion on.
0: It could help with the Lyme.
3: Yeah. I, I've got stuff for it, but, you know, if we could expedite expedite the, uh, the recovery <laughs> process. Right?
2: You wouldn't complain about yeah. that? I mean, no, I, I, I think a lot of people suffer from chronic pain, and this is something that they've seen in testing that, you know, that seems to— really alleviate a lot of pain well I'm a, you know I've struggled with chronic pain for going
0: on 15 plus years right I've tried anything and everything you can imagine gone to every doctor you can think of and you know for something like this um, like I said I take the drops and it's probably a 25 to 35 percent reduction but that's more than anything else I've ever taken yeah um, do
1: we do we know how long it takes to get into your system and how it gets in your system so
0: it all depends which is S- all breaking it would be like
2: instantaneous
0: it's interesting that I learned that you have to, so THC and CBD gets uh, goes through the salivary glands. So that's why you see the different forms, I never understood. Why would you make gummies, droppers, you know, a joint, uh, lozengers, right? So the gummies take about two hours. The lozengers, 15 to 45 minutes, I think. Um, joint is even faster, uh, the drops are pretty quick. Right. Um, then there's even lotion. Like for your hands or joints or anything like that.
1: So and isn't 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 the lotion for like, um, it would help with inflammation and eczema. I've I've seen and read.
0: Yep. So people, some people have seen positive benefits that have eczema and things like that, skin conditions.
1: Because I I I know people that have a, a shaky hand and cuz it's 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 in your brain and it's it's one of those ones where you can't stop you don't know you're doing it
0: there's been some tests on seizures and epilepsy with CBD yeah. and THC and there's been some efficacy i mean there's been some benefit at least in the studies that they've done cuz so i far.
1: guarantee they would do anything to to stop doing it for a certain amount of time because it's that it gets that annoyed i would be
2: interested to see the kind of effect it has on like for instance when i go to play a tournament competition you know for for a golf tournament i'll go out and First tee, my heart is pounding. It doesn't matter if it's the club championship at my local club or a USAM qualifier or stadium qualifier. I am on the fritz the first couple of holes. Yeah, I think it... I
0: Should th- I take I some of s- these
1: tomorrow? I've seen
0: some <laughs> benefits. Could. I
2: mean, you can try them, you
0: know. Uh, that's why we got them out here, to first expose people to what we're talking about and to see if there was an interest in doing a buyer's guide because there is some things you need to know, I think, if you're gonna actually go out and start doing it. You don't wanna be just dropping stuff in your mouth without knowing what you're doing. So if you guys and girls out there would be interested in us doing a CBD buyer's guide, let us know. And uh, if there's enough people, we'll definitively do it for you. Also, we wanted to make a quick announcement of the winner that we have for last week's most wanted challenge. And the most wanted challenge was for you to go out there and find the most wanted seal out in the wild, whether it be online, or at retail, and Joe Bailey found one in Dick's uh, hey. Sporting Goods for the Tommy Armour Impact Number Three Mallet Putter. And Joe Bailey is our winner this week for the Most Wanted Challenge, and we will be sending you a U.S. Open ball marker. Get on Joe hey, and bag check. This week, the challenge is quick, easy, and simple. Leave a rating or review for our podcast, the No Puts Given uh, No Puts Given podcast. And we will pick a random person that reviewed us on either SoundCloud or iTunes as a winner for next week. So until then, I think you're gonna have another hole in one this week?
1: I'm
2: gonna try. You gonna try? I gotta play some golf first. Gotta stop raining out.
1: I've yeah. got to go try and qualify and shoot nine under. Hey, <laughs> well, if you make
2: a hole in one, that'll get you there.
1: It'll,
2: It'll get you on your par. way. What are you doing?
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and make one par.
3: <laughs> that's a good, well, that's that's a good like one.
2: baby steps. Baby steps, Tony. All right. Well, Stay hot. It's you go-
3: Chris's job to make the pars. That's why he's coming.
0: <laughs> you make lots of pars. And until next week, we'll follow up and find out how Chris and Tony did in their uh, big championship match there. We'll see you next <laughs> week.